When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 5, Chapter Titled... Better Than the Average Cory. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And we're better than the average podcast. Are we? I don't know. We're fine. <laughs> we're average. Um, Tanya? Yes? What were you good at when you were a kid? Like, what were you specifically the best at mm, probably reading you're the best at reading i started reading when i was three so there's three but that's the only thing like i wasn't gonna get into this now but i related to this episode so much because i'm 37 and i still feel we'll get there i just want to know what you did as a kid that you you were really good at that was it reading i was yeah. a, i was a good reader okay that's well, i mean so that's that's like just because no one can watch you do that and be like, ooh, doesn't mean that's not great. Like, being able to read at three is really good. Yeah. And, like, you could read books in, like, five minutes. I mean, I am. I can read pretty fast. Yeah. But what were you good at? Baseball. I mean, when I was little, when I was a kid kid. I was really, really good at baseball, and everybody, like, made me think that I was the greatest in the world. Like, other parents on the team would go to my parents and tell them that I was going to be, like, famous one day. And I believed that. <laughs> and then people started to throw the ball really hard, and I got scared and never played. Like the the it was night and day from from when i was great at baseball and then the kids started throwing fast and i got scared and i was terrible at baseball i'm so sorry and after that nothing i i i was pretty much i don't know i've i've i was kind of always like good at lots of things but not great at anything i think that you're great at lots of things you're just, that's why you married me. But like... Because you're... You're great. A bad at, judge of character. You're great at songwriting. Like I mean, no, I'm, I'm not famous for writing songs, right? You don't have to be famous. That's not the measure of whether you're great at it. I think... I think if I was great at it, like, I think I'm good at it, right? Like, I'm not saying I'm bad at it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I was bad at it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm good at it. And that's fine. I don't think I'm, like, great at it. Like, no one ever was like, oh, these songs need to be on the radio. You know what I mean? I mean, they maybe didn't, like, you didn't have, like, agents scouting you and stuff. But I I just, I think that the measurement of what is great is so often, like, success in an industry. And that's not really what the measure of great is. But. I think that you are a great songwriter, and I'm very picky about music, like overly picky. Mm. But anyway. What's your favorite song that I did? <laughs> Come on. Name one. The one that you wrote about our house in the woods. Okay. So you just like songs that are about your life. No. You're like, I don't know why, but I relate to this so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved that song. Um, and I, when I worked at one of my old stores was when you wrote that song and mm -hmm. I like played it for like everybody that I worked with and everyone was like, oh my gosh, he is really good at this. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. Keyword good. Really good <laughs> equals great. Um, anyway, I'm not looking you for you to uh, pump up my ego here. Like, um, I think, I think in general, like I'm just good at lots, but I'm not great at anything and, and. So I can understand this episode, but we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything... Do, do we have any media to tell anybody about? Because I don't think so. I felt like I had something that I wanted to talk about, and then I forgot what it was. Well, that's but awful for I a think podcast. the most important thing that happened this week is that you went and got your library card. 
reinstated, yeah. which I don't know if anybody knows this, oh but God. I am a library pusher. I love the library and I love everything that they have to offer, especially now in the digital age. And I'm so excited that Alden went and got his library card. She's so excited. She's so much more excited than I will ever be. Um, like he texted me and was like, well, t- I got my library card. T- and I'm like, oh my gosh, have you checked this? Have you done this yet? Let me tell you what happened. Uh, not with Tanya. I walked into the library that's next to the grocery store because I was at the grocery store and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm getting my library card. So I walked in and it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. So nobody was there. There was just the three girls there that were working there. And they all kind of like looked startled as I walked in the door and I walked up to the counter and they were even more confused. Like he's not walking to look at books. Why does he want to talk to us? And the one girl said, can I help you? And I said, I need to get a library card. I used to have one. I lost it a a few years ago. And she pulled up my name and and everything. And she goes, is this you? And I said, yeah. And she said, yeah, your card expired in 2008 and you owe $90 in unpaid library fees and I'm like I had no idea I will pay that and she said because it was so long ago you only have to pay five dollars so here's a tip (laughs) (laughs) if you owe the library fines just wait 15 years and they'll be like ah fuck it (laughs) here's just pay five I think it would be funnier I'm like, like it would be less funny to me if they were like you don't have to pay them but the fact that they're like just give five dollars covers the multitude five of... American dollars and we'll call it even. And it's just like <laughs> that's not how inflation works. But so well, I got... now the libraries our libraries aren't doing fines. Right. Um But they do charge you if you don't bring the books back, which is kinda like a fine. Yeah, but they tr- like so our books our kids were all at different places when our books were due and I didn't renew them. I just waited a week and we took the library books back and it was nothing because it was just a week late. So, and no fines. It's like 21 days after the due date. Then you have to pay for the book. Right. So there's no fines, but now you pay a lot more if you keep it an extra three weeks. Right. So it's... So you can renew online like four times. Because before, if you kept it for like three weeks, your fine would be like 68 cents. Mm. It was pretty cheap. Says the person who had $90 in fines. Yeah. No, I... I. All the books in our house were actually from when <laughs> Alden used to go to the library. Yeah. Anyway, Tanya's so excited about this. And she's like, did you get the app? Did you go here? Did you pick out any books? And I'm like, I got the app. I went through everything. I didn't find anything I wanted to read. So... And I was I devastated. Understand. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like reading comic books on the app. I'm going to the library and checking books out. I'm listening to audiobooks on both of the apps that our library um, uses. And I don't understand how Alden is just like, well, I have this like thing that gives me free media all of the time. And I'm just, I don't need it. I got podcasts. I got YouTubes. I've got a backlog of audiobooks that I haven't even listened to. Um, I don't know. Eventually, I'll find a book where I'm like, ooh, is that on there? And then I'll be excited. But so far, nothing. Did you start Truly Devious? No. Oh. No. Did I ever talk about that? No. Oh, I don't know. You might have. I don't think I did. So Maureen Johnson is an author. She wrote a YA series called Truly Devious. It's a mystery series. It's very, very good. I love it so much. I think Alden will also love it so much. Um, but the first three, it up. the first three books like all tie into the same mystery. And then the fourth book is kind of a standalone and they are very, very, very good. That's the media I want to talk about today. And that's it. Well, I got my library card. You talked about books you read three months ago. You know what else we did? What did we do? We watched Boy Meets World, Season 6, Episode 5, Chapter Titled. Better than the average, Corey. And can you, Tanya, average... Wait. (laughs) Better than the average, Tanya. (laughs) Blur me up. I can. 
the blurb for season six, episode five, is Corey meets a child prodigy. Okay. That was a good Disney Plus blurb. Yeah. You said something that happened in the first three minutes. But it leaves a lot to the imagination. Right. It was a, this is a strong blurb. Right. Good job, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I still cannot get over how bad last week's blurb was. Like, just, I still, like, throughout the week I was thinking about it. Like, they literally made the blurb something that didn't have, like, is assumed to have happened in the episode. It's nuts. Anyway, sorry, this was a good blurb. This yes. episode was directed by... David Kendall, and it was written by Laura Reynolds and Patty Carr, mm-hmm. who we like. Yes. Let's see how the episode goes. I will tell you this. Tanya's not feeling very well. Tanya's in a very bad mood, and we get a very bad Corey episode. So buckle up. I'm not in a bad mood. Right, but you don't feel well. I don't, no. Can I just say that this episode almost did not happen this week? Um. No, you can't say that. Why? Because it's forbidden. Okay. I won't say that. This episode definitely has been in the works all week long. Okay. That's all. That was the statement? The whole statement? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you said I couldn't make the whole statement. I will say part of the reason this episode is happening is because Channing Arnold posted That's a picture. That's what I was going to say. Why didn't you? Because you told me not to. <laughs> I'm very great at listening to what people tell me to do. Channing posted a funny picture that's completely related to this episode. And Tanya was like, we have to do the episode. So here we are. Um, Anyway, where do we start? Classroom or not? Not. Where do we start? We start at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Yeah, looks like uh, Mr. Feeney's taking his class, his college class, on a field trip. And what is he teaching? I guess art. Uh, that's weird, Feeney. But also, we never saw him officially take the job. I do think, like, where the first, like, five seasons, you can kind of go, I mean, we didn't miss anything of these people's lives in between episodes. Mm-hmm. Like... While there were, like, linear issues and timing issues and stuff, that was all in the writing. Right now, I feel like it's more like, well, it's assumed that this happened when we weren't watching. Like, all of these things, I guess, just keep happening while we're not watching. And they don't explain how it happened. So, Mr. Feeney is, I guess, teaching art. I guess. And he's leading the class, which is, like, a few other people and... Topanga, Sean, Angela, and Corey. No, just Topanga and Corey. Sean and uh, Angela run in. Oh, yeah. They do like a like a drive-by where they like run in together, by the mm-hmm. way, after they broke up. I guess it's assumed that they got back together. I don't know. Or after they all brushed their teeth awkwardly, they just kind of like laughed and they were like, well, we're just all going to be together anyway. Let's it's talk about fine. our lives. Yeah. Um, um, but Feeney is saying, you know, this is my favorite spot in this museum. Um, So these are abstract and I want you guys to each pick a piece of art and and find one that speaks to you. And then you can speak to all of us on what that piece of art means to you. And that's when Corey, I mean, Topanga. um, Oh, my goodness. And that's when Sean and Angela run in and they're like, we have great news. And Corey's like, me too. And Sean says, I, well, what does Sean say? No, Angela goes, Sean got into the photography program. Oh, yeah. And Sean's just like, and Angela. Got an A on her essay titled. Maintaining black identity when you have three very white friends. (laughs) And Corey says, I found a penny. So, I mean, it's typical. I mean, it it, it seemed like I was going to be nitpicky when I, because I, started to write down like Corey's making it all about him because he found a penny and then the rest of the episode happens <laughs> so I just have to preface this with Alden's not feeling well and he's in a very bad mood and it's a rough Corey episode so let's see how this goes I feel fine and I'm in a pretty good mood but I is a very rough Corey episode so well, let's move on okay uh so Feeney says, um, who wants to go first? And Corey, like, jumps up and down, waving his hand. He's like, pick me, pick me, pick me. 
and uh, Feeney calls on him because he's like, well, with that enthusiasm. So Corey goes up to look at the painting, which is... Um, it doesn't seem very abstract, no, right? No, like, it's not, really. Not abstract in the way that I've always understood abstract to be. Like, Well, you know what? Art is subjective. That's true. Maybe this is abstract. Yeah. But do you remember what Corey says? He says something about, like, I see hands tearing apart the fabric of the country. And that's where I stopped listening. Because to be completely honest, I've heard way too much of that stuff over the past few years. And I just didn't want to hear it. Well, yeah. But he's getting very, like... Um, impassioned. Sort of. Uh, it, it seemed obvious to me, like, he's not impassioned. He is trying to sound intelligent Mm -hmm. Um, and as he does that a girl walks up to him a girl who's probably like 18 yeah she's definitely Corey's age but she has braids so she's younger and she's like actually that's that's not what it's about and Corey becomes a huge asshole and it's just like oh really little girl let me tell you what i think little girl why don't like you're just still a kid and i'm an adult i'm in college and you you're trying to tell me what this painting means like who do you think you are trying to tell me what this painting means and mr feeney like is trying to get Corey's attention and then he just keeps going and then Corey looks back at mr feeney he goes what is it and mr feeney goes Never mind, I'm going to watch this play out and enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she's like, I actually, I painted this painting. And he's like, oh, really, little girl, you painted this painting? Yeah, he's absolutely ridiculous. Because let's let's look at that case. Like, even if she didn't paint this painting, right? Mm -hmm. And she came up to him and she was like, actually, this is what it's about. And he talked like that to her and she was just a a young girl. Like, why? Mm -hmm. Like, there's, it's not like if, if she didn't paint this painting, then what he was doing was okay. Right. It was the worst. It was just amplified by the fact that she painted this painting. It was actually more like we got more gratification out of it because she painted the painting. Like that was for us. That was still Corey being an asshole. But that was at least for us where we could be like, ha ha, Corey, you fucked up. Yeah. But if it had just been a random girl, then we wouldn't even have that. Like it would have just been like, oh, Corey's just shitty and... Like, treated, like, bullied this kid. Yeah. But she says that she painted it. He sees her picture next to it. Mr. Feeney is so excited because he's just like, oh, like, here's a prodigy. Mm -hmm. And he's just, like, asking her questions. And he's, like, obviously very excited. I don't remember what he asks. But... Well, he starts to go into like questions that delve into um, different types of art that are happening right now. Like, what does she think of this kind of art? And um, while he's talking, Sean comes up and is just like, uh, Feeney, I think you're drooling. And Feeney says, like, I'm so sorry, but like, it's rare that I have the opportunity to talk to someone like this. And like, I'm so interested in it. Yeah, a young person with extraordinary gifts. And Corey immediately goes, well, don't I have extraordinary gifts? Um, so annoying. <laughs> anyway, her name is Alexandra Makita. Um, and even after, like, after Feeney has explained, like, who it is and, like, explained how much she has done with her life, he's, Corey is still doing the whole, I got your nose, like, treating her like she's a toddler And it's so degrading and it would be degrading to anyone. And if like he was doing this like in a workplace, like if they worked together and he was doing this, she could go to HR for harassment. Like that's how serious it is what he is doing to this girl. Right. So um, Topanga actually comes up to Corey and says something to him about, you know, whatever. And Corey is like, or I guess Topanga was kind of wondering why he was acting like this. And he says, well, she's like, I have a sister her age. And the girl is like, you have a sister my age? Can I meet her? And so. Well, but again, like in this scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Like we go to a museum together Mm -hmm. 
and you see me acting like this to a younger girl. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that end with you and me? Like, you would not be okay with me. Right? No. No, but I mean, to be fair, like, if you ever had acted like Corey, I wouldn't have been okay with you a long time ago. So we would never have gotten to the museum. Right. I guess Topanga's used to this behavior a little bit. Yeah. And there, I mean, that's not uncommon. Like, I've been there. I've literally been in Topanga's situation where wherever they go, he's making this big all about me scene, whether it's, I mean, for me, when I was, you know, 18, it was the my first husband and he made a scene everywhere we, we went. Everything was always uncomfortable like this. It sucks. So if you had acted like that from the beginning, I'd be like, no, not doing it. Yeah. Like, been there, not doing that again. But anyway. Anyway, yeah. let's, let's get through this episode. We go to the kitchen, the Matthews kitchen. Yes. Um, Morgan and Alexandra meet each other. They immediately like each other. Also, it is very apparent that, like, they are not the same age. Not even close. Like, and it's not, it's not because Alexandra is, like, taller than Morgan. It's, she is a woman and Morgan is 11. Like, it's a very big age difference. Um, but they immediately get along. Um, Morgan knows who she is. Yeah. But when they walk in, Corey grabs Morgan's coloring and Corey grabs Morgan's mm. paper and is like, don't even bother and like tosses it in the trash. Yeah, like throws it away. And um, so like Alexandra and Morgan start talking and Morgan's like, do you like video games? Well, I do want to point out one of my, I think my favorite joke in the episode because of when, how I feel about Corey in this episode. Uh, Alexandra says something about how she started painting when she was two. And Corey's like, well, Morgan learned how to hold her head up when she was two. And Morgan goes, yeah, but when I was one and a half, I learned how to ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Morgan says, like, do you like video games? And Corey's like, huh, she's a prodigy. She, she wouldn't like video games. Like, he has no concept of the complexity of a human being. Like, he thinks for some reason, and this is across the board. He does this with every single person. And we see it with Sean the most. That every single person is composed of one thing, like one defining feature, and that's it. And he's doing this with this girl, and um, immediately Alexander's like, I, I love video games. What do you have? And Warren's like, Banjo-Kazooie, and like they immediately go play it. Mm-hmm. And Corey is just like left there stewing. He's left there stewing, but then Sean walks in, and Corey goes... Sean, do you think I'm talented? And Sean immediately goes, oh, God, what now? Yeah, it was so good. It was. Then we go to the apartment. Yeah, we go to the apartment. Uh, Eric is sitting on the couch next to Jack, and Rachel's kind of sitting off to the side of the couch, and Eric obviously looks uncomfortable. He will not go pee. And they're like, why Why aren't you going to go to the bathroom? He's like, well, I can't leave you alone with her. And so Jack is just like, okay, okay. And they all stand up and Eric's like, you know what? Nope, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm really good. I don't have to pee at all. And Jack's like, cool. Um, then let's toast and hands them all glasses of water. He's like, let's toast to Eric being fine and good. And like pours the water down Eric's throat. And Eric is just like, that is the meanest thing you've ever done to me. And then like somersaults up the steps to the bathroom. And... Um, and so Jack and Rachel are left alone in the kitchen. Yeah, and uh, Jack Rachel says something like, "What does he think is going to happen just because we're alone?" And Jack goes, "Yeah, what's going to happen? I need to ask you to marry me immediately before he comes out of the bathroom." And, and Rachel's eating a hot dog, and she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm just gotta let you know. Like, I hope you want kids because I want a lot of them. I want six boys and six girls." And then she obviously starts choking on the hot dog right and jack just like starts going like oh you don't have to answer now like whatever like he is completely ignorant to the fact that she is choking to death in front of him which seems very unjack it does seem very unjack like 
and she ends up writing down on a piece of paper, I'm choking. He thinks it says chucking, but then he starts doing the Heimlich maneuver. and Very Eric, badly. Very badly. Eric comes out, starts freaking out. Uh, Rachel coughs the hot dog all over Eric. Um, and then she immediately is like, Jack, you saved my life. Oh, my gosh. And Eric I is owe like, you so much. And Eric is like, I am never going to the bathroom again. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Then we cut back to Corey's old bedroom Mm -hmm. where he and Sean are hanging out in there and Corey is going through all of his old trophies and all this stuff. And yeah, there's like a trophy for fat camp and Sean's just like, you were never fat. And Corey's like, I couldn't get into any of the good camps. Yeah. Um, And then... Sean brings out like a another trophy and he's like, What's this for for baseball? And he says, Oh, my team got last. And Sean is like, They gave you a trophy for this? Um And then Sean basically goes, What kind of loser keeps all of these trophies? And Corey is just like someone who's just average, Mr. Average. And then he leans up against a wall and he is right next to a giant poster of celery. Where have we seen this poster before? Oh, I think I've seen it on our um, Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Facebook group with a young Channing Arnold standing next to the poster. Yeah. Yes. That's the whole reason this episode is here. Today. It is. It is. For that one poster. Yes. Um. Anyway, so he's talking about how average he is and he just Mr. Mediocre. And he's like, you know why I'm average? Because no one forced me to paint at age two. No one gave me a paint br- uh, paintbrush and told me what to do. No one gave me the tools to succeed. And Sean's like, I think I remember you being really good at this and hands him a ukulele. So it turns out Corey was like the first ukulele girl. I guess so. Um, and he starts playing it. He plays it badly. Um, and then we go to the kitchen. Where Morgan is talking to Amy and Alan about the talent show. Alexandra is there. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't want to sing. Morgan. Well, Morgan well, doesn't. So, so Amy comes in and she said that she talked to one of Morgan's teachers and she's confused as to why Morgan didn't sign up for the talent show because she sings all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morgan's like, everyone is better than me. Why would I want to do that like it's a talent show and i already know i'm not good so why would i go and sing up there and And go ahead no you go ahead and alan says look if you don't want to sing you don't have to kisses are on the head and she and alexandra go off on their way to play game boy and Mm, not necessarily what so they start to talk to morgan about the fact that like just because other people are perceived to be better than you doesn't mean you shouldn't do it and then they ask alexandra or he basically uses alexandra as his like object lesson and is like i'm sure there were plenty of people that alexandra felt like painted better than her but that didn't stop her and now look at her and and then he's like right and alexandra's like um I'm not allowed to lie. What am I supposed to do? And then they're like, oh, you guys need to go play. And so they run off to go play Game Boy. And Corey and Sean are standing in the stairs watching all this happen. And Corey is just like, there you go. Just nobody needs to be great at anything. You're just grooming her for mediocrity, aren't you? And Amy goes, oh, God, what now? (laughs) Yeah, Alan says it. Alan did? Yeah. So, yeah, then Corey comes in. And starts explaining how he's just average at everything because no one ever forced him to do anything. Why didn't they force him to stick with those ukulele lessons? And they're like, you didn't you didn't want to do them anymore. So we didn't make you. And Corey's like, well, that's just great, isn't it? Now I'm just average. I'm nobody. I'm living in this average place with these average people. Um, and Alan is just like, wait, are you calling us average? And Corey's like, yes, yes, I'm calling you average. And because you're average, I'm average. Like, you just raised me to be average, just like you. 
And he's like, I just, I wanted to be, I want to be something better than this. And Alan goes, better than us? And Corey goes, yes. Better than you. I think he literally says better than you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we go to the dorm now. Corey's sulking because he said a mean thing. Yeah, Sean is outside of the dorm room. Like, the door is closed. And he's like, Corey, you have to come out. You're being ridiculous. And Corey's like, I'm not coming out. And Sean starts, like, jingling keys by the door. And You he's... know what? I wonder if they have, like, because Sean has his rubber band. Like, I'm getting it on with the girl in here. There's a rubber band. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing that's, like, an important part of Sean's life. So I would imagine Corey probably has some sort of tell for Sean. Like, look, I'm sulking like a little baby right now. <laughs> uh, this is my day. Like, I'm taking this time for myself. So Sean has to respect that and can't go in. Yeah. So Sean starts jingling his keys by the door. And he's like, you hear that, Corey? It's the ice cream man. The ice cream man has your favorite flavor ice cream. And Corey's like, vanilla. And Sean's like, yes. And then Topanga and Angela come up to the door. And they t- or Sean tells them that he's like sulking and, and uh, in the caverns of despair. And Topanga's like, no, not the caverns. And like bangs on the door and Corey opens it for her. And he's like, there's no ice cream. So, yeah. I guess he ate all his pudding. He could have been eating pudding while he was sulking, but he must have eaten all the pudding out of the pudding trunk. Maybe. I Uh, probably would have eaten all the pudding out of the pudding trunk, too. Yeah. I think pudding's better than ice cream. I know that's probably not a popular opinion, but... Can you say that a little bit louder into the microphone? Oh, sorry. I think pudding... Is better than ice cream. That's that's crazy. I know. Anyway. So now we have Corey, who's been sulking and all about himself. And all of his friends gather around him and they're all like, oh, it's okay, Corey. You're not average. You are great. We love you. And... Yes, what you said was wrong. And he's like, but I meant it, which makes it even more wrong. And they're like, you just need to talk to your dad and you'll find out that he's not average. He's wonderful. And like Angela's sitting there and she's like, Corey, you're great at so many things. He's like, oh, yeah. Tell me what they are. And she's like, don't press me. I'm just trying to cheer you up. Also, Angela's outfit in this part was superb. But we also we didn't mention that. Did we mention what that Angela and Sean are acting like they're together yeah, again? We yeah, we did you mention did. you did because they're just like sitting on the bed next to each other, like really close to each other. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys can hear my eyes rolling, but I feel yeah. It. So they all do the whole like let's boost Corey's self esteem. He's yeah. in the depths of despair of his own making again, yeah. and. Topanga says this stuff about, like, you need to talk to your dad and you'll find out that he's not average. He's wonderful. And, like, you should want to be just like him and blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, we'll be right behind you. And he gets up to open the door. And who's at the door? Alan's at the door. And, and they're he all just, like, ah. Yeah. They, everybody except Corey, like, turns around and walks away. And, and Alan goes, come with me. Get in the car. We've been here before. Before they went skydiving. Yeah. Are they going to go skydiving again? Is Alan going to push him out of a plane? I would. Uh, So now we go back to the apartment. Um, Jack and Eric are discussing, like, Eric is is very worried about what Jack is going to ask Rachel for because she owes him one favor for, for saving her life. And Jack is like, you know what? I'm just going to ask her for it right now. And Eric is like, in front of me? And he calls Rachel in. And Eric is freaking out behind him. And Jack is like, Rachel, I want you to make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And Eric starts, like, freaking out. He's like, don't do it, Rachel. Don't give yourself to him. Like, you have a life that's worth living. And then he's like, wait, you asked for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And Jack says, finally, he says a very Jack thing. He says, I don't want her to feel like she owes me anything. And Eric is like, uh, but you saved her life. She does. 
And Jack is like, no, you would do the same thing. And Eric goes, what, because I care about her and I respect her and I think she's a kind person? And Eric, uh, Jack goes, oh, yeah, exactly. And Eric says, can you make me a, one, a sandwich too? And she like... She says no. She says no and makes a face at him. So now we go to a sidewalk. Yes. A Philadelphia sidewalk. This, this looks like a Philadelphia sidewalk, I think. It does. It looks like the sidewalk where we found like Sean's old apartment or something oh yeah it does look like that area yeah um so alan and Corey are walking up to this building that has like bars across the front and a going out of business sign up against the window and um alan's like do you know where we are well Corey says i i'm so sorry that i said those things and alan goes i'm sorry that you meant it like he's not taking any shit and yeah, he says, do you know where we are? And Corey says, an abandoned warehouse where no one can hear me scream? If only. <laughs> and uh, Alan says, no, this is the, the store where my father worked. For 40 years, he held a broom and swept this store. And it was Alan's first job. Yeah. And he says he did that so that I could have a better life than him. Um, and I wish he could see everything I have right now. Because he would be really proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked Corey, like, what makes you so afraid of being average? Like, basically, people would love to be average. You have so much. Yeah, he said average was a dream for me growing up. Um, he said my father worked his butt off so I could be average. And... Um, and he basically says, and I work my butt off to hopefully give you guys even more than what I have. And, you know, I'm sorry that you are not proud. I'm sorry that you're not proud of him. I'm sorry you're not proud of me. And I'm sorry that you're not proud of yourself. Then he walks away. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if like he's just leaving Corey there. Well, it looks like it because we see Corey stand there for like a couple beats yeah but then the next scene we see them then they're all together unfortunately because we're at the talent show at the school mm-hmm. morgan's talent show morgan's talent show where like everyone's ooing and awing because a girl is using flaming batons and doing like a really cool show and like um cory keeps trying to talk to alan alan's like shh, shh, shh stop and um then you see morgan and alexandra like in the waiting in the wings for Morgan to be able to go on. And Morgan's like, I cannot go out there and sing. And Alexandra's like, why? She's like, because like, look at her, look at what she's doing. I can't follow that. Like, I'm just singing. I can't do that. And Alexandra says, you know, do you enjoy singing? And Morgan's like, yes, I do. And she's like, if you, if it's something that you enjoy, it's a gift and you should share that with people. It doesn't matter if you think other people are better than you. You should just do it. So she gets out there. She's the last act. She gets out there to sing. And she starts belting it out. Yeah. It is beautiful. She starts singing Wind, Be- Wind Beneath My Wings. And it's wonderful. But. <sighs> do we have to? Yes. I'm tired of being negative. Well, try to put a positive spin on it. I'm and on... good luck. Okay, you talk, and I'm going to try to think of something positive to say. Okay, so Morgan is singing. We pan to her family, who are watching intently, except for Corey, who, surprise, is making it about him. And he's like, Dad, 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 while Morgan is singing. Beautifully. Beautifully. Like, I said positive thing. Uh-huh. Um, and Alan to be fair, is not paying attention to him. Corey is still trying to apologize in the middle of Morgan singing. So she gets to the chorus and Corey decides this is a really good time to join in and tell Alan that he is his hero through song. And he starts singing with Morgan. She's on the stage for her talent show. And Corey, again, is making it about himself. I didn't have anything positive to say there. I can't. Wait, I thought of something. Hmm. Morgan did, however, prove that she has learned to ignore Corey because she doesn't give a shit. No, she she keeps keeps singing. singing. She doesn't stop. She doesn't let him get any attention for it. She just 
sings. Yep. She's superb. She is superb. Just like Angela's outfit. <sighs> anyway, so she gets, uh, we or we cut back to later in the evening. The talent show is obviously over. Um, Morgan walks up to them and Alexandra goes, you were amazing. And Corey immediately goes, but how was I? <sighs> and Alexandra looks at Amy and goes, I'm not supposed to lie. What am I supposed to do? And Amy goes, let's just leave. <laughs> um, and they walk away. While they're still, like, Morgan, we're still at Morgan's talent show. Yes. Where she's supposed to be being congratulated on a job well done. And all Alan has been able to say to her is, you did a good job. And that's it. Because now... Corey is like, Dad, let's talk some more about all of the ways that I have fucked this up. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm really sorry that I said that. I was just afraid of being average. I was afraid of not being great. He still implies that he does not think that Alan is great. Because then he says, now I realize that if I want to be great, that's on me. That's not on you. Like, fuck you, Corey. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. That's not an apology. I need Niecy Nash to come on the show, just like interject as a therapist, like in Never Have I Ever, and just be like, that was not an apology. What are you doing? You can't just turn every podcast into whatever show you've just recently watched. But the thing is, is that it really does parallel this because the behaviors are the same, but the the reactions and the consequences are like night and day. I will say that. So that show has been on in the background while I play video games over the last couple of weeks. And there have been multiple times where I have noticed like sh kids doing shitty kid things. I mean, teens, teens mm -hmm. doing shitty teen things and then real life things happening in response to it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, cool. We're not your friend anymore, you fucking jerk. Right. Um, whereas here we get to the end of the episode and Corey's, Corey's lesson that he learned is that I, I still want to be great when I grow up and better than my dad, which is kind of where the problem was. Right. Anyway, now we go to the post credit scene. We're at the apartment where Eric is sitting on the floor with his hair, like, stuck up in the air. He has, there's just, like, stuff all around him. And he's holding in one arm a toaster. And in the other hand, he has, like, a metal, like, serving spoon or metal tongs or something like that. And he's just, like, sitting there with his eyes closed and his mouth hanging open. And, like, Rachel walks in. She's like, Eric, are you okay? Oh, no, Eric's dead. And Jack is like, what's going on? She's like, oh, Jack, Eric must be dead. Um, do you know what to do if someone is dead? And she's like, oh, I know. Mouth to mouth resuscitation. Only I don't know how to give mouth to mouth resuscitation. Do you? And Jack's like, I do. And he walks up to Eric and then Eric immediately like jumps up and he's fine. They're like, oh, he's alive. And that's the episode. That's the episode. Tanya. Yes. How did you feel about this episode? I have a feeling we're going to have opposite opinions on this episode. You loved again. it? I loved it. Go ahead. I, th I loved it because of the fact that like I relate so heavily to it. I feel mediocre in everything I do. And I think that the message, while Corey didn't learn the message, I think viewers could learn the message. And the message is basically like, one, comparison It is, I guess I'll just say what I was taught when I was a kid, which is comparison is the thief of joy. And it truly is. Like if you are enjoying something, if there's something that you love, but you don't feel like you're as good at it as other people, it will steal the joy that you get from doing those things. Right. Um, and I think that that lesson was taught through Morgan more than anything in this episode. Um, and I'm like, I need that all the time. I need 
to be reminded of that all the time because I have so many things that I love to do, but I'm not good at them. I just love doing them. You're obviously great at a lot of things. You you have made everyone in the world jealous of your garden. You have made everyone jealous of your... This is a Tanya therapy session. Now. No, it's not. I'm just saying, like, I related to not not knowing, like, my place in the world and not knowing, like... Because the more you get into things that you are interested in and you can be good at them in, like, your circle, and but then you get into, like, the industry of what you are enjoying doing. Like, now I work in a garden center and the people who work there are arborists and landscape designers and... They know everything about every plant and like what they look like before the seed even exists. Like it's it's bonkers to me because before I worked there, I was the one that knew a lot about plants. And now I work around people who know so much more than I do. And it makes me feel very inferior and like I'm not actually good at it. Um... So I understand, but I would never be that shitty. Like Corey, Corey's problem, and I think one of my biggest problems with him is that as humans, there's a lot of things that we think in our heads and we don't say them out loud. Like, and we don't project them onto other people. We deal with it internally and we say, oh, that was a really shitty thing to think about someone else or that was super way off base. I can't believe I thought that. Like, what part of my brain is, do I need to try to adjust in my way of thinking so that I don't have these thoughts and feelings about other people? Corey just says it all. Like, and maybe I am as shitty as Corey because I do have thoughts and stuff like Corey does. I just don't say them because I know that they are wrong. And I adjust my way of thinking accordingly. He doesn't. So, I don't know. I liked the episode. I loved Alexandra. I thought she was so sweet. And I loved that we got a lot of Morgan in this episode. And even though Jack and Eric and Rachel's stuff was very slapsticky, it wasn't gross. And it was definitely tolerable. Um, and I think that the guys are trying to ignore, like, they're trying to figure out, like, what they want. Like, more and more they're realizing, like, they don't want to just, like, bang Rachel. Like, they actually really like her. Um, so to me, this episode, they weren't intolerable. I think that's how I feel. Oh, and Alan. I liked Alan in this episode. Like, I liked how he handled things. He wasn't shitty. He just said, whatever. Like, this is the reality. And FYI, what you said was messed up. And you aren't even apologizing for that. You're apologizing for, like, you need to apologize for the fact that you meant it. So, I don't know. I Other than Corey, everyone was great. And I loved it. How'd you feel about this episode? I don't disagree with anything that you said, except the part where you said you loved it. (laughs) Because I think Morgan was fantastic. I thought Alexandra was great. Um, I thought um, Alan was good. I hated this episode. I did disagree with the entire Jack and Rachel, and I thought that was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, it still is just them like, oh, I'm going to get her alone, and I'm going to win her over. Like, we we, we are going to, like, I'm going to get the girl. You're going to get the girl. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, just let her, let her do her thing. Mm-hmm. But I hated Corey so much in this episode that, like... And, and and I hate that I, I think it's clear to me that Laura Runnels 
and Patty Carr mm-hmm. like to write TV shows. Mm-hmm. And they were asked to come back and write on Boy Meets World again. Mm-hmm. And they said, can we write about anybody but Corey? We hate that little shit. And they said, no, the show's about Corey. And they were like, okay, here goes. Here's Corey at his absolute worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and here is him, not only him at his worst, but the world around him at its worst. Like, there were no repercussions to anything. He mm-hmm. was placated to for the way he was acting. Mm-hmm. Um there was never a time when he got, um, you know, there was any sort of karma for what he was doing or, and how he was acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan did, you know, say some very, very poignant things. But immediately, immediately after that, he starts singing over his his 11-year-old sister at a talent show. Mm-hmm. Like... It, it Alan said exactly what he should have said. Mm-hmm. And that should have been like, a, oh, my God, I've learned now. Right. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, my God, I have to say I'm sorry. And until he uh, accepts my apology, I'll ruin everyone else's time. And I could like that was the worst to watch. That was the worst. I and, agree. And I think even as much as I love Morgan, I really did love Morgan and Alexandra um, you know, and and Sean and 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 Angela's stuff in this were good. Mm-hmm. Like Sean's contributions were basically like, oh my god, Corey. Mm-hmm. And Angela was as as much as I groaned when she initially was like, Corey, you're good at lots of stuff. I was like, blech. And then she immediately goes like, don't press me, I'm trying. Um, like that was great. Mm-hmm. But the, everything with Corey was so awful. Like, um, there are a lot of times where we watch episodes and I say at the end, like, well, if we weren't doing a podcast on this, I wouldn't be thinking about this this way or whatever. Like, I I don't ever want to see this episode again. Mm-hmm. I think this is my least favorite episode. Ever? Yeah. Episode 116 of our podcast, I think we finally found my least favorite episode of, of the show. Wow. Um. That doesn't mean there weren't things that weren't redeemable. Like, mm-hmm. there were moments that I laughed, mm-hmm. but it was just, I felt bad the whole time I watched it. So, yes, we disagree. I thought we would. Um, anyway, I don't, I hate that I was so negative the whole, for 50 minutes. It's understandable, though. And I think part of it is that, like, while you and I have a lot of similarities, one of our biggest differences is how much I struggle with self. And, like, my, um, I struggle with, like, I struggle so much with all of the things that Corey also struggles with. So to hear it out loud is almost just like hearing my thoughts out loud yeah, it's shitty. Like, I would never say them, but it's still, like, I can relate to them. And and to be completely honest, like, yeah, we're sitting there, we're watching him turn everything around to be about him and all of this stuff. The part that was the worst, yes, was Corey singing while Morgan was singing. That was complete. You can't redeem that. But... Struggling with self and feeling like no one pushed you as a kid and all of this stuff. He's still a kid. Like, he's still, like, he's not an adult. And, and like, I can relate to that. There, there were times when I was growing up where it wasn't my choice to stop doing something. It was my parents' choice. And I could have done better if I had been able to keep doing what I was doing. And there are things like every kid resents their parent for something. Yes. But that wasn't the case with Corey. He didn't want to do these things anymore. Right. Like when I was a kid, I took one piano lesson Mm -hmm. and I quit. Mm -hmm. I told my parents I did not want to do this. Mm -hmm. And they were like, fine, whatever. Um, I don't really know how that conversation went down. I don't remember. All I remember is they were, they told me 
it came down to the fact that I didn't have to do piano lessons, mm-hmm. even though they had already paid for it or whatever. Um, I have at times thought I wish they had just forced me to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. But I've never once been mad at them for that. Right. Like, no. If if our kids come to us and they say, hey, I don't want to do this thing, mm-hmm. we are immediately going to say, hey, if, if you really don't want to, um, you don't have to. Right. Now, we'll talk them through the whole situation. Um, there have been times where our kids have wanted to quit things where we're like, you can't do, quit yet. Like, we have to... You have to finish the year. You've only had two classes, and this is part of your school this year. Right. Or you really wanted to do this thing before, and you need to give it a shot. And until you give it a shot, you can't quit. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, like, I don't know. I, I You can't... You're talking about things that are very different than what Corey was going through. Even though the base result is feeling average. He treated everyone in his life terribly Mm -hmm. because he felt average. Um, And because he was blaming everybody but himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing to struggle with it. It's another thing to like take it out on everybody. And right. it's another thing entirely. Like, again, I have an entirely different opinion of this episode. If at the end of it, he gets what he deserves mm-hmm. and he learns. Yeah. But he didn't. He didn't and he didn't. Right. I don't know. I'm still being negative and I wanted to stop. I'm sorry. Are we done? I think so. (laughs) Uh, I do still enjoy doing this podcast, though. (laughs) I do still enjoy doing it with you, and I still enjoy everybody out there. And I thank you, Channing, for making this episode happen with one picture you don't even know. I mean, you do now, because we've talked about it. I spent all day yesterday laying in bed. I came home from work early. I really didn't feel well. And Alden asked me at, like, 7, like, are we going to be able to record? And I was like, I don't think so. And halfway through today, I saw Channing's picture, and I was like, we have to have an episode. Like, and and I, I love doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, it it's hard for me when I'm like, circumstances have gotten in the way, and, I, and we can't record. Yeah. It sucks. I agree. Because it's our time. It's our time, class. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Other than, I don't know, watch Never Have I Ever for a better representation of uh, repercussions. Yeah. It's not a bad show. What, Never Have I Ever? Yeah. It's a great show. Well, I think it's not a bad show, which is a lot. (laughs) I don't like a lot of shows. That's true. You don't. I like a lot of shows. Yeah. No, I have... I. I'm a little hard on TV shows. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you've I don't know if you've noticed. We were like watching Hacks, which is like a very like highly applauded show, and I'm like I love this show. I love it because of this, and I tend to like pick shows apart. And Alden's like, I mean, it's fine. It's and not a bad show, but I hate how shitty everybody is. <laughs> um anyway, uh, except like I'm the witcher. He's out murdering people and like treating women terribly and, and, and being poisoned and people are trying to murder him. And I'm like, this is a good show. Yeah. The <laughs> only, the only show that Alden recommends to anyone ever is the witcher. And Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that can't be true. In critical role. Yeah. Critical role. That is the best. Zero flaws. Um, well, Scanlon had some pro- problems and some womanizing, but he learned from his mistakes, and that's what we're talking about here. That is going to come through the mic. Yeah. Nobody knows that I was smacking your leg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, where can people find us, Tanya? Um, you can find us on Twitter at BMG and BMW. You can email us um, at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook. Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar and you'll get approved. And then we can chat. We can chat. And you too can see Channing's 
picture with with the celery, the celery. poster. Uh, that's going to do it for us, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and edit with exactly three minutes to spare. Um, thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 5. Do good. Class dismissed.